Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Welcome, everybody. Day two of the Ohio podcast. We're awake. I think we look a little bit more awake than we did yesterday. Uh, Brandon, how are you feeling this morning? Uh, somewhat awake. Yeah, you, you look a little bit more awake. And Craig, man, Craig's looking good. Uh, I think a little bit more tired, but we're making our way through it. It should be good. Yeah, um, yeah big show today. Uh, we actually had somebody who's going to come on live. They're a morning person. They're ready to go um, at Six thirty. We're expecting to have uh, Bob Garber, a uh, movie reviewer. He's going to tell us about Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Uh, Brandon wasn't too excited about it. I'm not too excited about the re- the preview of it. But we'll see what he has to say. And news of the world. I to George Thomas, the actor making journal last night. George was excited about news of the world. He thought that it really hit a home run. It'd be interesting to see what Bob thinks about that. Um, earlier today, we posted a podcast, our Steelers podcast with Joe Frost. Uh, we whined and moaned about the Browns beating the Steelers, and we looked ahead to uh, Saturday's game. So check out when you get a chance. It should be good. All right. Well, hey, Brandon, day two of your newscaster role. So, uh, Brandon, what you got for us today? Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> kind of kick off. Um, this morning we have um, news came out yesterday with DeWine signing a stand-your-ground bill. Um, it comes about a couple of years after – that shooting in Dayton. So obviously um, a lot of critics on, um, and of course proponents on coming out on both sides of that issue. Um, it's, it's another, um, uh, another wrinkle in, in terms of how uh, merit relationship between Americans and their guns. So obviously um, a lot of, um, there was a lot of emotion when that shooting in Dayton happened um, just, and um what led to it. Um, of course, what in the aftermath was probably more palatable because you had um, so many people come out to uh, protesting. And even when DeWine made an appearance, they were chanting, do something. And so here we are today. Um, DeWine did something. So I don't know if that was what they were hoping for. Uh, I don't know what they were wanting, but this is the outcome. So your thoughts, guys. Well, and I guess in, Correct me if I'm wrong. I was tied up yesterday, so I'm just I'm catching up on this story now. So it looks like originally, because I'm trying to figure out what the bill is actually saying. Uh, it, it, I guess originally it's saying civil immunity to churches, 
um, and other nonprofits where there's a defensive shooting. So I guess like if you feel attacked at church, you shoot somebody, that gives immunity to the nonprofit or the place it was on. But I guess there was more language saying that there was more locations where there was immunity for people who were um, using self-defense, right? I, I, from my understanding, um, um, it was just uh, for people who are, you know, under perceived that they're in a life threatening situation, they can uh, have the right to protect themselves as DeWine had um, worded it. So, but at least um, a pretty open interpretation of defending your life. Well, yeah, it's a, it's an it's open interpretation. I mean, there was some, I saw a little bit of a reaction on Twitter the other day. Um, some people say, well, you know, the police officers um, have a difficult time determining what's a life-threatening situation. Of course, that's a bit of snark with the issues of police police brutality and whatnot. But, um, but now it's like, you know, um, stand your ground laws have been kind of the part of the fray for the last few years now. Um, and, um, you know, I think it were, um, and have played even in some notable um, uh, high-profile shootings um, um, over the years and how that, that leg legislation affects, um, um, gun owners. So, um, very contentious, um, very, uh, I guess it's very easy to say it's controversial, but, um, um, it's happened. We'll have to kind of wait and see how it plays out in Ohio. Well, I guess the thing that kind of frustrates me a little bit, well, well first of all, um, Date Mayor Nan Whaley uh, came out. He, she was upset. Uh, you know, they had that really bad shooting. They killed some people in a Dayton bar. And, you know, she was expecting more. I, I don't know. Uh, Craig, how would you have done it? I mean, uh, is there any type of middle ground here? It's really hard because, you, you know, these bills can get to pages and pages and pages worth of just, you know, information. And, you know, it's it's hard for even us as journalists to know every in and out of, of a bill like this. Um, you know, the governor has been very adamant about gun control, especially after the Dayton shooting. Um, you know, we watch his press conferences on a regular basis. And how many times, you know, during the summer and the spring was he talking about, you know, a shooting that occurred? Um, it seemed like he really wanted to, you know, in, investigate into a better, you know, into better gun control. And then you have this bill come through. Now it's not necessarily advocating for just anybody to have guns, but it certainly does, you know, strengthen, you know, that, that second amendment though. And definitely. And Hey, wherever you're listening, let us know if you have any comments, we'll do our best to get to them uh, as we go here. Um, Brandon, I guess the thing that bothers me about this whole deal is, there's too much money in politics. So you've got a definite um, gun lobby that's uh, definitely advocating things. And you've got people who are more interested in just taking guns away in general. And I guess the thing, even DeWine said yesterday, he's like, oh, I'm not sure if the bill really did what it needed to do. And I, I guess what I'm thinking is I'm not into let's get rid of every gun because there's a gun, um, you know, instant or whatever. But then on the other hand, We've got to do something. And I think what bothers me is you had the horrible story from Dayton last year. You had the other shooting stories around the country. And you sit there and it's like everything else. You know, we whine and moan about for a, a week and then we forget about it until the next time something happens. 
I, I wish there could have been some compromise reach. I'm not sure why we can't reach compromise other than the fact there's too much money from extreme groups. Yeah. Um, you know, and that basically it's going to be a, um, a, a time will tell kind of issue where, um, where as um, more of these kind of cases happen here and there, um, um, it'll put pressure on the second amendment and that might lead to the change. Uh, it's just a question of when it will, when, whether it will ever appear as, as a, a, a repeal of the second amendment. It's actually probably, probably gun and gun advocates, um, at least, you know, for interest of firearms to actually try to make some compromise in the long run, because if, if this, if you're, um, really trying to go with the way that the Supreme court has interpreted the second amendment over the last few years. Um, and so moving forward, um, you know, it's really interesting to see how it would be in their interest. I would think to, to, um, have some kind of moderate gun control, um, nothing hard, nothing extreme. I think there was some talk back when the Dane shooting happened that there was some talk of red flag laws that didn't go through, I think it was just mostly Ohio legislature is actually a lot, a little bit more, a little bit more um, um, conservative about this issue than DeWine was. And uh, obviously, you know, he's signed out, signed this bill, the stand your ground bill. It's not really like a, um, it's not like it's low hanging fruit from my perspective. If I was mm -hmm. someone on the gun control side, but um, um, it is interesting, kind of a nice little tell. And I, of course, DeWine's got a, uh, an elect governor, governor election coming up. So <laughs> this is probably yeah. e easy, an easy thing to kind of sign and move on. Well, and we talked about it briefly yesterday. Um, it sounds like he's taking some sides. I mean, obviously tomorrow, and we need to talk about this tomorrow is the big day in Congress where, you know, people are going to be protesting what's happening election wise. And, you know, DeWine came out in the Jake Tapper, you know, Jake Tapper show on Sunday on CNN kind of being supportive of Trump and whatever you think about it, it's immaterial, but I guess the, the thing that he's showing his political cards, I guess we'll, we'll say it that way. And I think that's important as he kind of considers what's happening. Is he going to run again? Is he going to, uh, some people say he has got this agreement with uh, John Husek, the Lieutenant governor to say, Hey, John, you can run. So, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think with this and I think other stuff, he's showing his political cards and every politician has cards to play. Absolutely. All right. What else you got for us news wise, Brandon? Yeah. And, uh, more on politics. Uh, we have, um, um, Donald Trump, our president, uh, is, um, will be honored. will be honoring, um, uh, two uh, GOP uh, congressmen. Um, one, of course, is from Ohio. Uh, with the um, so Jim Jordan, uh, a congressman uh, who represents, um, I think, up in um, kind of the, the northern part of Ohio, uh, with the Presidential Medal of Freedom award. Um, not too long ago, I think that was the same award that uh, Tr uh, President Trump had it, it awarded to uh, Rush Limbaugh back at the State of <laughs> State of the Union uh, back in of all you know or february 2020 chris so um and then before covid kind of came out of the scene so how is how has time changed but um yeah that's that's what that's according to reports um that um um plans to honor jordan uh and along with um california congressman devin nunes um so 
you know, I, I, I think this is, it's a, it's an, it's just very fascinating how the, how Trump has used this award. Um, I don't know if, and you know, if you, uh, love Trump, this is, this is great. This, if you don't love Trump, this seems to probably, um, uh, kind of taint or reduce the value of the award. Uh, your guys' thoughts. Well, is, is the award, and I guess the award's in the eye of who gives it. You know what I mean? I don't think there's a definite rule saying, hey, here's how you should give it. But, I mean, is it supposed to be about for great Americans, or is it supposed to be about who the president identifies as a great American? Do you know, Brandon? I feel, I, I don't know, actually, the, the criteria to get the award, I like, from the book or the text. But I would say that I've always heard of this award kind of being the equivalent of, like, president knighting someone you know like the, you know, the queen can get uh you know knights uh knights a celebrity um or or demonship with uh um, for women but um this is kind of the president's version in that sense um because the president of course is not just the head of government he's also the head of state um and so this is kind of a um just kind of one of those kind of special it's again, like it used to be like the presidency aside from being the head of government. there's of course the right. politics play, but there's also presidents also supposed to transcend and become that kind of leader that, uh, uh, British monarchy usually has. That's very separate. Like Queens very much head of state and prime minister handles the government affairs. But, um, uh, well, and I think like when you look at Obama and some people in the past, it was more like pop culture. Like I think like Michael Jordan got, one time and yeah celebrities yeah artists yeah. athlete athletes um and so i mean and the president within it is within his authority to give out the award to whoever he seems fit and there are plenty of people um who probably will love this love it love it and there'll be plenty of people who cringe at it that's well the end, yeah. of, the end, of, the end of the story <laughs> I guess it doesn't mean, I mean, it's an award. I mean, yeah, it'd be a nice award to have, but I guess it really doesn't mean much of anything. Well, like, it's not like you get, you know, a $5 million cash prize if you get the award. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's something nice to put in your resume or your LinkedIn or whatever, but um, I I don't know. It's, I I think, Craig, that they're, again, it's obviously a very political situation, but it's all a troll job because, yeah, if you're into Jim Jordan and Devin Nunez and Rush Limbaugh, you're high-fiving your friends and going, man, this is great. But then the other idea, I mean, if you classify these as great Americans, it's because they got the president's back. I mean, I, I guess you can make an argument saying, regardless if you agree or disagree with his politics, like Rush Limbaugh, you know, was a long-time radio broadcaster. So you can say, wow, you know, it was a radio for a long time or whatever. But, you know, Chip Jordan and Devin Nunez, I mean, they're guys that back the president. And I'm not sure, I mean, every president has guys that back them or not. I mean, is this more than just a troll job? It sounds like he just wants to tick off all the people who don't like him. Well, you know, Jim Jordan's, uh, you know, this is right up my alley. This is, you know, he represents Fremont and Sandusky County area, which I cover for my job. Uh, so I've spoken to Jim, you know, several times now uh, when he's visited the, you know, the county for President's Day at, at the Hayes Center or uh, toured some of the schools or some of the factories in our area. Um, but, yeah, he is a very staunch, you know, supporter of, of President Trump. Not surprised, I guess, if, if 
congressmen were to get the Medal of Freedom this time around. Not surprised that Jim Jordan is the pick in this uh, in this case. He has just been a uh, a big supporter and defender of the president. He's attached his name to uh, the Texas lawsuit as well to try to overturn some of the uh, the states that the president lost in the election. So. Not a surprise, but, uh, you know, I, I've covered Jim. You know, he's always been, you know, nice to us and talked to me. But, um, you know, we've covered him from coming to, you know, coming to Sandusky County to the uh, scandal that broke out a couple of years ago with the Ohio State Wrestling Program. So he's he's always been willing to talk. I will say that. Well, here's the other thing I'm thinking about. Again, I know you covered guys. So I'm not saying, hey, Craig, you know, ripped him for into his shreds. Does he have a signature? Like when the media calls on a politician, you know, I'm sure they have kind of sitting there going, okay, here are the nice things I've done. You know, here's the things I want to espouse. What, what does he talk? Does he say a lot? I mean, yeah, I mean, his calling card is, hey, I'm backing, you know, President Trump to death. And, and again, if, if you like President Trump, great. If you don't like President Trump, you hate the guy. But what I'm saying is, Whatever project does he have? I mean, can he say, hey, I did this for Fremont or I did this for the county? Or, or is it more of just, hey, I'm, I'm backing my guy Trump? Yeah, I think it's more of that, which honestly, being in Sandusky County, very red Republican area in Ohio, that's probably all he really needs to do, honestly, uh, to, to generate support. And obviously, he's in a very gerrymandered district, which, you know, leads him to, to usually win by large margins in his election and re-election bids. But, you know, he's he's always been there. I mean, I know some people don't believe he's in the area enough, but he's also, you know, got to go to Urbana and Lima and these other places. So he's, he's you know, usually he tries to get up to Fremont like once or twice a year. Uh, this year, obviously a little bit different with COVID or this past year, I should say. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as like, what does he maybe hang his hat on? legislation-wise, nothing really stands out to me that he's really gotten involved with that maybe specifically aided the area that I'm in or maybe the area in other in other places. But he has always been somebody that's supported businesses and, you know, trade schools up here in this area. And I think that's, you know, why he usually gets quite a bit of support in this uh, region. Yeah, because, Brandon, here's the thing that bugs me. And, again, I hate the fact that he's hanging his hat on the Donald Trump thing. Because it's almost like if you like Donald Trump, you're you're a fan of Jim Jordan. If you don't, you're not. I wish for Jim Jordan's sake he would make a case for himself. Um, Brandon, the first guy I covered um, was Ralph Regula. And you might, uh, either one of you guys have heard of Ralph Regula? No. Brandon, have you heard of him? No. <laughs> no, and, and the great thing is he would like it that way. He was a U.S. rep for probably, I'm guessing here, but at least 20, 30 years. And he, you never heard, like he wasn't defending like Reagan or whatever, you know, or, or Bush or, or the other presidents, but he was kind of the inside guy. And since he was in Congress for a long time, when you called him, it was great. I would call him at his family farm. And my first time I was nervous, oh, U.S. Rep. Ralph Regula. And he's like, no, call me Ralph. And, like, I would talk to his wife and everything. And the great thing about Ralph Regula is, yeah, behind the scenes, he was a super Republican. He was very much into the causes. But when you talked to him, he said, look, I want to bring money for this highway that's coming through town. And because he was in Congress for a long time, he brought a lot of money into the county. And the great thing about it is you never heard him flopping, you know, his political party. 
But the funny thing about was uh, we talked yesterday about me covering George W. for the first time. Ralph was on the plane hanging out with George W. the whole way over. But you never heard that. I had to joke around with Ralph going, hey, man, what were you doing today? And he's, oh, I guess I rode over with the president. He didn't want to talk about that. So in regardless, I don't want to rip Trump or rip Jim Jordan. I, I just wish I, I want these congressmen that don't wear their political party affiliation so much on their sleeve. I miss Ralph regularly. I mean, he, he's dead now and he's gone. But I, I think probably the best thing you could say about Ralph Reagan is when I ask you guys, who is this guy? And you're like, oh, I don't know. Well, that's great. And I bet Ralph, Ralph would love it that way because he did his stuff more behind the scenes. I mean, is it because we're just so politically divided that we have less people like that? Uh, I was going to say, um, yeah, I mean, I think for partly one, it's the media landscape has changed a lot. So um, the rules of engagement have changed. And also the people's values, I, I think, to a degree, have changed. I mean, um, it's it's more about ideological purity today. Um, it's more about, um, with and also with the advent of social media, not just even. I mean, first wave was probably the Fox News crowd. Um, the Fox right. went that with that um, being able that uh, meet up with the idea of media being able to just cater to an audience. Like, there's already this audience that we know of. Let's cater to them. And then, of course, like everything kind of followed a suit. I think even before Fox News, I would even say, you know, with the advent of the 24 seven media, um, emergence media there. So then, you know, you have to fill in when there's no news, you have to fill it in with fluff and speculation and whatnot. So there's that, but uh, with social media, then like Twitter, you know, now you have like a politician has direct access to their, their, um, their constituents to a degree, but also to a, an audience. So, you you have to so if uh, so the regulars it's funny you mentioned like you know there's this the the old politician who's like I want to be kind of in the closet not necessarily bang, right. or at the very least not banging my drum you know hey here's my label kind of use that as my and here's my campaign slogans call it a day because a politician that technically doesn't want to be usually I would say doesn't want to be uh, nailed to the door on any particular issue it's actually kind of one of the issues in politics and governing is. Congress goes and passes laws. The laws are too broad and vague. The bureaucracy doesn't know what to, how to really make put it into actual concrete language. It then goes to the courts to be flushed out. That's how it usually is. Um, and so, but the point is, is that members of Congress um, like to be vague, like don't want yeah. to be necessarily tied down. But with, but into a degree though, they also, you know, because their goal is to be reelected. At the end of the day, they want to be reelected. So with today's um, highly politicalized media landscape, you have the Jim Jordans, you have the uh, um, Ocasio-Cortezes, you have, of course, the Donald Trumps. You have so many, that's for where people want to know what your um, political opinions are. What do you stand for? What are your, what causes get you charged up? I mean, it's, this is why even if you look at comedians and late night comedy, it's gotten more political. Right. Um, um, those are just some things I've observed. It's not necessarily oh, yeah. a, a complete picture, but Craig, I'm happy to hear your thoughts. Well, I was going to say really quick that um, when I was covering uh, Congressman Jordan on the on the campaign trail in 2016, he had spoken at a, a civic uh, organization, just kind of giving him a you know his spiel about why they should kind of stump for votes for him, and you know he was very adamant at the time, and, and the president, well then Donald Trump 
before his election, uh, was campaigning on, you know, we should maybe keep some provisions of Obamacare. Well, Jim Jordan was a very staunch supporter of repeal and replace the entire Obamacare bill. He wanted something completely different. Whereas, uh, you know, then Donald Trump had said, you know, there may be some things to keep in there to maybe, you know, stem the tide and not necessarily completely repeal and replace. And Jim Jordan caught some flack from Donald Trump. Uh, so their relationship wasn't always, you know, sunshine and rainbows. But yeah, for the most part over the year, over the last few years as president, it certainly has become that way where, you know, Jim Jordan has really become, um, you know, almost blindly supporting no matter what Trump is doing or saying. Uh, but before that, he definitely, you know, had some, you know, was at odds a little bit with what Trump's policies were versus what, you know, Jim Jordan wanted really to do as a very conservative Republican. Uh, oh, what are you saying? Well, I forgot to add one thing to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. On your example about Ralph, Chris, is that one thing that struck me is he also told you about, hey, I want to get this some funding for the for for his district, you know, funding for the highway or whatnot. Um, that was something very popular, I think, you know, with uh, pork barrel politics, you know, bringing yeah. money to your district. And that kind of got that tap that timeline also got um, turned off, essentially, because it got a lot of media scrutiny, which was fine for the media to do. Well, nothing it, wrong. It, believe me, that that was Ralph and, and Ralph never lost. I mean, Ralph pretty much just retired. But you're right. I mean, if you we, we would rip on Ralph regularly, it was because he took advantage of that. And yeah, he was highly respected in Washington, but he took advantage of that because he was there for so long. And I mean, I remember I took some flack. I tried to write something for the paper just saying, hey, we need some term limits. I mean, we can't have people in there for 30 years. And I mean, people were ticked off because they said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You know, we're getting a lot of money here in Stark County because of that. Which, yeah, if you're in Stark County, wonderful. You know, we're all high five and everything. But if you're in another county that may have just switched our congressman, you know, you've got no chance of getting as much money. So, Brandon, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of great things you'd say about Ralph Regular, but the negative was exactly that. Well, and partly because every congressman, you know, at least for the long term ones, were getting money to their district. So, without that pipeline, you have to find a way. How do I show member my constituents? I'm, 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 I'm making, I'm making waves here by. So you, right. if you can't bring money to your district, you have to make noise at that point. So there was some there. Was, it was kind of the irony of tapping off that pork barrel. And I forgot to mention that. Sorry. Well, no, no worries at all. What well, you know, Craig, I, I, Jim, might, I'm not sure how, how really excited Jim would be about coming on a early podcast. But, man. <laughs> Give it a try. I mean, well, I reached well, yeah. I mean, I did reach out to his um, uh, press secretary yesterday uh, in advance, trying to get a story just for our newspaper. But uh, yeah, I can, uh, I can definitely uh, throw that out there and see if uh, I'm sure Jim's awake. Uh, he's he's an early riser, so I'm sure uh, I'm sure he'd be awake. But uh, I don't know if he'd come on or not. But uh, you know. He, he does like coming on Fox News, so... Well, well, Brandon, we'll pledge. We'll be nice, right? <laughs> what? Uh, we'll be nice. I don't even know what we would get out of it, to be honest. Like, other than you, I know you love it, Chris, for the attention, but... Well, well I want to ask him just about saying, okay, you're Donald Trump's guy. That's whatever. Fine. You know, I, I guess what I'm saying is... Don't you want to, like whenever your political career is over, 
I mean, hey, you're going to support somebody. You know, Ralph Regal supports somebody. I, the question I want to ask him is, don't you want to have a laundry list of accomplishments other than saying, I, I'm still behind my guy, Donald Trump? And, and and I'm sure maybe if he was sitting right there, he'd say, bull crap, I did this, this, and this for Fremont and other areas. Well, you didn't make it readily apparent. So, I don't know. Give it a try. We'll see. <laughs> don't make it. <laughs> yeah, it should be good. Um. Yeah, just say we're OANN. I think I would like that's the one question I would ask is what when you heard about being a possible recipient of the award, what did your what were your thoughts? You know, kind of that's the only thing that I think that would be kind of interesting is the kind of um, reaction like, oh, did you ask for this? Did you? Yeah. Did you? Did you even want this? Did you were like, was this what you were aspiring to every day? I those were kind of like some things because I would think. This just this that news was so weird because it was just like, um, this was low hanging. I think this was no one's high gender or low hanging, low hanging fruit, lower than lower hanging fruits. It, it's all the troll job. I mean, if you love Trump and Jim Jordan, then yeah. use your high five. It, more for Trump than Jim. <laughs> or right. Jim. right. To, I don't know if you guys follow the uh, Jim Jordan's jacket on Twitter. Um, oh no. No. But uh, it's a it's a little a little poking fun at Jim. I don't know. I mean, you probably have seen him. He does not wear his suit coat. I gotta ask him. Like at this point, you know, maybe he did it, started it innocently, but did he? Once he people start getting so annoyed by it, did he? Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna keep doing this. Yeah. I just wanted to know this that, that history from his perspective. Yeah. Well, we we gotta be nice because in case they're reviewing this podcast as they're considering a Jim Jordan interview request, <laughs> I don't follow any parody Jim Jordan accounts. I only follow the man, Jim Jordan. See, we, we got to say that. We got we to gotta pour our best, best forward here, you know? <laughs> boo to Jim Jordan's jacket Twitter account. And boo to that guy who set it up or girl or whoever. All, all he wants to be is worn, Chris, it, is the uh, tagline there. All he wants to be is worn. We've got guests laid to come up pretty quickly. But, um, Craig, could you summarize real quick our, our sports um, is, is talking a, a very quick story. Um, I, I guess the Buckeyes coaches got paid for the big win over Clemson. Yeah, uh, Ryan Day, of course, makes four, uh, $5.4 million this year wow. as uh, Ohio State's head coach. Well, he's going to be a little richer. Uh, the head coach uh, picked up a, a few little uh, bonuses after uh, defeating Clemson. He received $100,000, and he had already picked up 400000 in bonus payments this season. Uh, some of that at 150000 for winning the Big Ten East, uh, conference championship games, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, he, he definitely uh, has some nice contract uh, language there winning the Big Ten East, winning the Big Ten Championship, getting to the Final Four here in the, the college football playoff, I should say. Um, and he will probably end the season with $500,000 in bonuses. Um, so not a bad uh, payday for uh, Coach Day and the uh, Buckeyes. Um, maybe might uh, inspire to keep him at uh, in Columbus for a few extra years. Yeah, I guess it becomes a story. It was in the dispatch. Uh, Brandon, I, I think we write about it because it's public dollars, right? Uh, yeah, if we, I mean, because these were uh, this dispatch story that we're talking about um, mentioned, they got this information from a public records request. So, right, um, you know, it's always strange, kind of like, but the relationship between the uh, Ohio State's um, the university in Ohio State, the athletics department, and kind of like how the two are funded or not funded, and how much, right. how much there. I don't. I, to me, honest, I don't know much about how much goes 
how much money goes between the two. I think they're kind of separate to some degree. So, but in this case, they is an employee of Ohio State, so we can get that information. That's really fascinating. But overall, I think it's just bigger. Always the fast story that's fascinated me is, um, you know, Day Day was not a coach found like through a a nationwide coaching search. It was kind of a promotion. I kind of like to see more of that actually. Just, just let's 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 groom coaches. Let's not go out and find a, an Urban Meyer. Let's, let's develop Coach Day's thoughts well, on that, guys. Craig and my conversation with Big Nut the other day. Yeah, I mean, Big Nut seemed to say there was all these you know groomed coaches. So I guess if Ryan Day would leave, and it doesn't make sense. You know, we talked about the Jacksonville thing, and I, I don't personally see that happening, but. Yeah, I, I guess groom coaches. I mean, you know, I I go to a church where they're grooming pastors, you know, where it's a big church and if somebody leaves, you know, instead of doing this nationwide search, you've got a guy that you're training and you're preparing. And yeah, I think the same thing applies for football. So I, I don't know. Pretty interesting. So. Yeah, it, I don't it, think Ohio State would be hurting for a coach, needless to say. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, if you do a nationwide search, I mean, it's a highly, you know, sought after job. You know, you've got good recruiting classes and everything else. But I was listening to a local radio station the other day, and I guess, and again, I don't follow high State as much as I could or should or whatever. But I guess they have a really highly regarded recruiting class coming in next year. So that's probably another argument uh, against Ryan Day leaving. I mean, they're saying it's probably one of the better recruiting classes of yeah. all time, so, whoever that's worth. So. I don't know. All right. Well, I think we've got him. Let's see if we can bring him in. Um, we got Bob Garber with us, um, a movie reviewer. Bob, can you hear us? Uh, yes, I can hear you. Fantastic. How, how are you today? I'm doing lovely. Thank you for having me. And, and thanks for getting up early, Bob. We're impressed. You're an early morning guy, and we love that. Thanks. Thanks a whole bunch. All right, well, well, Bob, we spoke yesterday. I'm also here with Brandon and Craig. And, hey, um, I used to edit a weekly paper. I work for USA Today Network now, and we always ran your columns that came about movies. So I'm excited to be able to talk to you. And we also ran them on my blog. Uh, let's talk about some of the movies you recently saw. And uh, you recently reviewed One Woman 1984. We've got that linked on our our blog for this podcast so people can check it out. But what did you think about Wonder Woman 1984? Um, I thought it was a step down from the first one. I know it's getting a lot of flack. Um, not as engaging as the first one. Uh, I don't really know where the whole uh, angle with the ki- where with the Chris Pine character, uh, why they chose to go that way they did. I don't know how um, how much detail I can go into here, uh, but I don't uh, I don't think they thought through thought through what they did with the the Chris Pine character very well. Um, aside from that, though, I thought it was okay. Uh, Br- Brandon, uh, tell me you were telling me yesterday you thought it was like a drama. Uh, where'd you get that? Oh yeah, I mean, like start to finish. I mean. Um, you know, you had some tra- the traditional superhero tropes here and there. I think they actually kind of did some fun things and not, uh, with nods to the Wonder Woman lore. Uh, kind of an interesting way of introducing the invisible plane that uh, I'm not a Wonder Woman uh, comics fan by any means, but um, apparently that's one of the things that I came, I came across because uh, um, um, some 
I should probably mention spoilers here. It's okay, Bob. You can tell tell spoilers, but um, um, yeah, I just felt the feel of the fi film. Like the first one felt like a good old fashioned war movie or good fashioned action movie at the same time. This one felt just very dramatic, very um, more um, a, a deeper film than a traditional superhero film is. Bob, your thoughts? Um, well, I'll agree that they were uh, good with some dramatic aspects uh, in regards to the uh, Pedro Pascal character, uh, Max Lord. I thought uh, as a villain, uh, you know, his was not the traditional story. Um, I liked the, the conflict he was uh, part of. So in that respect, uh, I thought it did very well. Uh, but... Uh, you know, when it comes to the Chris Pine character, um, having him inhabit the body of a total stranger, um, who I guess just disappears off the face of the earth, uh, while Chris Pine is inhabiting his body, um, you know, I thought that was problematic. Um, but again, they, they, what they what they did wrong with him, uh, they got right with the Pedro Pascal character, so it's kind of a wash, I would I would suppose. I, I would actually like. Oh, Brandon, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, the the Chris Pine way they brought him back for this film was. Um, um, it reminded me. I don't know. I've, uh, I I used to kind of um, watch Ghost Whisper with my with my family a little bit actually, and um, they did sort of a similar similar trope where the uh, the husband's killed off and then he comes back and inhabits the body of some stranger. <laughs> And then, like, they would do, like, you know, show his reflection, like, oh, this is what he looks like, really, but we're just going to have the same actor play him. And then, like, they, season five totally, you know, just kept going with that. And that's kind of how it felt for me with the, with the, uh, with this Wonder Woman film. And, um, it, it was, it was bizarre. It was a bizarre direction. I, I, I totally agree with you on that. Bob, two and a half hours. I heard that and it freaked me out. Um, what do you think about longer movies? Um, do you think Wonder Woman was worth the two and a half hour uh, playtime for the movie? I I don't recall it feeling over long. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I um, they maybe didn't spend the time uh, spend the time as wisely as they could. Uh, there are long stretches where you forget that Wonder Woman is even in the movie, or that it's supposed to be a superhero movie. Uh, I guess, uh, given the amount of time she spends uh, just hanging out with Chris Pine and, and not even using her powers, um, and then they uh, give a lot of time to uh, maybe the Kristen Wiig character, uh, which they shouldn't have. Um, maybe maybe her time could have been better spent on uh, Pedro Pascal's character or uh, giving uh, Diana Wonder Woman uh, something more superhero-y to do. But I don't recall it feeling two and a half hours long. Okay. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about news of the world. I'm hearing good things about the movie. What do you think? Yeah, it's a good movie. It, uh, you know, it does pretty much everything right. Um, I'm not sure it's everybody's uh, a movie you know, as slow paced and as rustic as it is, is necessarily everybody's first choice for how to spend two plus hours, but it doesn't really do anything wrong. Okay. 
Um, people have said Tom Hanks, who stars in the movie, he's almost like the first podcaster. You know, he's going around telling news after the Civil War and everything. Um, Tom Hanks, does he add to the movie? I mean, is it a good movie because of Tom Hanks? What do you think Tom yes. Hanks' relationship yes, it's, it's definitely, the he's, He brings his A-game, as always. He's he's really good in it. Why um, get, and oh. I, um, I do like, uh, also worth mentioning, the... Um, the young actress who plays the uh, the child that he uh, takes care of during the movie. Uh, her name is Elena Zengel. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Okay. Uh, but uh, she's she's excellent in the movie. Fantastic. Uh, uh, I got to get Craig involved here. Craig, has there ever been a bad Tom Hanks movie? Can you think of one? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's 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 not stinker proof. I guess is what I would say. Right. Um, you know. One of the questions I have, though, Bob, is, and I'm, I'm, I love movies. I minored in film at Bowling Green, and um, you know, this has been a, a challenging year. How how difficult was it for you to kind of get through 2020, not being able to maybe go to the theater as often as you'd like, and and maybe how excited are you to get back, maybe full time, hopefully this year? Well, it was it was incredibly difficult. Um, went through some dark times. Uh, my column, uh, I went I uh, went on to. Uh, went over to on-demand movies for a bit and I'll probably go back to on-demand movies shortly uh, after, after the holiday season is over. Um, there might be more theater closures uh, imminent. Um, I recent, I only recently uh, discovered a theater in New Jersey that I could go to. I live in New York city and all of the theaters in New York state to my knowledge are closed. Right. Um, I was able to find a theater in New Jersey that I can get to with relative ease. It takes uh, a little over an hour to get there. Um, so when I, when I do go there, I usually see two movies. Um, one for one for well, the one that's relevant and then one for like the following week. Um, and I can't always get to the, the most recent movie because of my work schedule. But, but when I do, it's fine. Okay. Anything stand out from this year that you saw? I mean, obviously, you, you weren't able to get out very often, but uh, anything that you were able to maybe get a screener for or maybe see on you know one of the various streaming sites that uh, maybe a movie that stood out to you? Uh, no, I've been trying to avoid movies on specific streaming sites um, until Oscar season, and then maybe I'll take a look at, at movies on some specific streaming sites. Okay. Very good. Well, what's next for, for you, Bob? What, what are we going to look at for next week? Uh, next week is probably going to be a uh, review of Monster Hunter. Uh, that'll oh, be okay. the movie that I saw the same day as Wonder Woman. Okay. Uh, what, perhaps the week after that, uh, Promising Young Woman, which uh, I saw the same day as News of the World. I saw that on my birthday, actually. Oh. Which was very nice. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, my, uh, promising young woman, uh, has some very unique ideas, uh, not necessarily always executed as well as it could be, but definitely, definitely ambitious. Monster Hunter is terrible. Okay. Does, does Karen Mulligan deserve the Oscar hype for her performance? Um, maybe for a nomination, I don't think she'll win. Okay. I think um, who who uh, I'm trying to remember who oh for, uh, Francis McDormand apparently yeah, Francis Nomadland. McDormand has has best actress in the bag I haven't Nomadland. seen Nomadland but yeah yeah she apparently she's an overwhelming favorite. favorite yeah yeah who's in Monster Hunter I haven't heard about that is it like a horror it's, movie what's going on with that 
I'm sorry? Monster Hunter. What's that about? I haven't heard about no, that. No, it's um, it's an action movie. There's a lot of, oh, okay. a lot of shooting, a lot of explosions, a lot of fighting. Um, okay. And it's just proof that if you don't have the interesting characters or the script to, to back it up, a movie that's filled with shooting and explosions and fighting can be very, very boring for okay. two hours. Yeah. Very, very good. Well, thank you, Robert. We, we appreciate it. Um, well, do you go by Bob or Robert? I want to make sure I get that. Uh, I, either is fine. Uh, okay. I guess, Bob. Okay. But very thank good. You very much for having me. Well, yeah. And come back. Let's talk offline. Maybe we can come back regularly to talk movies. Um, love reading your stuff. Um, and, you know, we, we try to get away from the stories as much, but if we can have you back on, maybe we could run your review with um, you coming back on to talk about a um, particular movie. I mean, you know, we like movies, and we want to know what's coming on. So we love this, and come back soon. Thank you very much. Take care. All right. Uh, thanks, Thank man. Have a great day. All right. So um, Bob Garver talked about movies. I, I like that. I, I, I like more movie talk. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun to talk about movies. Um, it's a uh, joy we all get, especially last this past year. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Hey, uh, let's close up with um, a couple thoughts. Um, one to mention, I hate mentioning this. It's almost like I'm I'm asking for things, but yeah, today's my birthday, which is w- very weird. It's 46, and uh, man, I I don't like being 46. It's kind of weird, but I, I gotta tell you. I, I guess this is my thought for the day is I used to moan about, oh, I'm turning 40 or I'm turning 41. Life's a gift. It's a blessing. I, I got some good friends my age that uh, have a, um, a son that's fighting for his life right now with, with a seizure. And he's in his early 20s. So right. I, I'm trying not to moan about my birthday because there's people who don't make it to 46. There's people who would love being at 46. There's people that would have family members that love to see 46. So enjoy life. Enjoy. Yeah, I don't like the fact I'm getting older. I wish I could be 20 again. Wish I could be like Brandon, a young guy, and I'm not. <laughs> but but no, enjoy your life. Savor it. It's really good. Um, any of your thoughts in general? Anything we want to call out or mention before you end of the day? Real quick for me, happy birthday, Chris. Uh, you asked about Tom Hanks. Has he ever made a bad movie? Larry Crown. Larry Crown. I was thinking Larry Crown, but even Larry that, Crown. Like, Larry yeah. Crown was not that bad though. Like it was bad, bad for Tom Hanks, but even then you could still not enjoy one his, watching. Not one of his better outings, but you know Tom was, has done some great stuff, and I love Tom Hanks. He's always the, you know, the the all American every man that can play anything, and I love him. But Larry Crown, not so good for me. I think the post would probably be be it for me. Larry Crown would be like. The runner-up, but the post would be really okay. Yeah, okay. I was wondering, mostly, mostly not, but because of Tom Hanks' fault, it was just very, very boring film. I guess most of the writing or the direction of it. So the thing I got to figure out, you know, Tom Hanks was um, one of the first people publicly, I guess, with COVID, and he was shooting a movie. I wonder if it was this movie or something else. No, it was the um, Elvis Presley movie. Oh, okay. In Australia, okay. yeah, Baz Luhrmann's directing that. Um, he of Romeo and Juliet fame with Leonardo DiCaprio. So, okay, yeah, that's the uh, the film he was in Australia shooting at the time. Very good. Well, a couple promos I just want to mention, just so people know what's coming up. We um, we do interviews sometimes 
not during this show. It's kind of hard since we're doing this so early. Sometimes people don't want to get up early. And uh, our hat tip to Bob Garber for actually getting up. But not everybody can do that. So we're releasing some other podcasts. We talked to Big Nut yesterday um, on that we released. Um, Joe Frost, um, part of our Steelers podcast. Uh, you can listen to it now. Uh, Joe talks about the Steelers. And we whine and moan about them losing the Browns. Um, a couple upcoming things coming up. I, I'm falling in love again with George Thomas of the Akron Journal. I used to work with George at the News Herald. We talked last night. We talked about movies. Uh, George had his take on Wonder Woman, the news of the world. He also talked about Soul. I made the mistake of showing Soul to my little kids. and <laughs> they, it, Soul's a great movie. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it. Don't show Soul to kids that are underage because a lot of deep, topics that you probably don't want you don't want to answer a lot of deep questions about but we talked about that talked about some of the race issues going on george is a person of color and he's concerned about some of that stuff going on and george also covers the browns so we gave each other a little bit of a hard time about the upcoming uh Steelers browns game uh we got interviews coming up with megan henry um brand you remember her from the columbus dispatch she came back on to talk about some health care issues and um, yeah, we've got Seinfeld coming up, too. Uh, Craig, i got to talk to you about that offline. Uh, that's coming. So a bunch of fun stuff coming up. Um, subscribe. Um, instead of giving me a happy birthday, Chris, on Facebook, I appreciate that. Why don't you subscribe to our podcast? It's free. Uh, we have these podcasts free. And then if you're really feeling generous and you really want to say happy birthday to me, uh, support our Patreon. Uh, our Patreon link is right here on the um, podcast. Uh, we're doing a lot of extra stuff, and hey, tell us thank you for getting up each morning and uh, doing the podcast. So, yeah, definitely a lot of ways you can support us. Um, Brandon, anything else you want to throw out there before we take off for today? I'll just also wish you a happy birthday, Chris. Oh, thank you. See, I feel weird even mentioning it because I'm like, I'm like asking for compliments. Like, hey, it's my birthday, you know, and now you guys look like jerks if you don't say anything. But I, I don't know. But it's it's okay. I'm, I get to work today. So that's my birthday and uh, going to hang out with the family after work tonight. So it should be fun. But, hey, enjoy your day, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow and kind of look at the news of the day. So thanks, guys. Uh, stick around and we'll chat real quick afterwards. Have a great day, everybody.